one, of the, one of the things I try to be mocked about in this year is I try to use actual shilas that I was asked, I guess because I get more excited about those shilas, even though they're probably much more exciting ones in the post you know. Rav Moshe probably got much more exciting shilas than I did. But, um, so this week I was getting nervous because I wasn't getting too many interesting shilas. You know, someone uh, had sent me an email the other day with the heading Bar Mitzvah Shaila. I was like, ooh, this should be interesting. And I open it up and it says... Um, my son's bar mitzvah is going to be a certain week. We want him to already lay in the Monday before because of whatever reason, but he doesn't actually become a bar mitzvah till Tuesday. Is that okay? Come on. That's going to be my best shayla this week. No, if he's not bar mitzvah, he shouldn't be laying yet. You know, it's not like even a b'dievet. They say that, uh, I think Dr. Chaim Salvechik was accidentally taught the wrong parsha. So they had a shayla whether they can let him lay in the week earlier before his bar mitzvah. I don't know how the Rav messed that one up. But that's the story that they say. Okay, but anyway, but then today, three Shilas came in, so I got all excited. So I'm not yet sure if I was excited just because I was just happy to get real Shilas or if they're actually exciting, so you'll tell me. Um, one Shilas that came in today was, um, many of you may know, I have a, a, a close Talmud who, uh, who I love very much, who, uh, Ellie Portel, who uh, got engaged last night. So it was uh, very, very exciting. And uh, for those who know, who know Ellie, Ellie is a, um, he, he, he's, he, he, as a child, he suffered a spinal cord injury. So he's been in a wheelchair ever, ever since. And uh, so anyway, it's a big, similar, great guy, greatest guy. And uh, he's a rabbinic intern in DRS. So the minig is, if someone gets engaged or has a baby, they give him in any yeshiva, I think the minig is, that the next laning day, they give him an aliyah. So they came over to me before davening and said, Are you, is, is he allowed to get an aliyah? Is there some problem with him, uh, with him getting an aliyah? So that was the first shayla I got when I woke up this morning. But that was a pretty good one. Second shayla was uh, someone, someone told me that he had loaned money to somebody. And the money was due on January 1st. And he kept on, he asked the person January 1st. The person said, not yet, I need another week. I contacted him a week later, I need another week. A week later, I need another week. And then he started getting a little nervous about, you know, it's already, what are we holding, February something or other? At the very end of February, somewhere around there, 25th, something like that. Yeah, so he, uh, so he started getting nervous. So he started, like, really pressing. Uh, where's my money ready? Where's my money? Said, oh, well, I have a home equity line. It's coming too soon. It's this, that. And uh, at a certain point, he said, you know, the, the, the person, the, the lova, said to him, you know, well, since when did you turn into a loan shark? You know, what, what are you hacking me like crazy? I, uh, I'll, I'm good for it. I'll give you the money eventually. When I, as soon as I get it, I'll give it to you. So he wanted to know, is he doing something wrong? To what extent are you allowed to keep asking, even if it's past due? To what extent are you allowed to keep asking? And to what extent is that considered to be uh, unfair or not nice or a uh, violation of something? We'll see what the something might be. And then the third child I got today was from another Rav, a community Rav, who's a Rav of an aging shul. So um, it's not the, the, the membership is aging. Um, the shul probably is aging also, but the membership is, is aging. And uh, one of the members of the shul is an elderly couple that lives to get that, you know, it's a couple, they live alone, their children all moved out of town. The, the man, the husband, has severe dementia, uh, you know, as happens sometimes when a person gets on in years. His wife is totally with it and active and everything, and she takes care of him most of the time, but he needs essentially 24-hour nursing care, so normally his wife takes care of him. But when she can't, they'll hire a nurse to bring someone in. And the children want to spend pace. The guy is 
barely able to communicate at this point. You know, he's really not uh, not doing great. And uh, they wanted the children wanted to bring the mother for Pesach to a hotel somewhere where the whole family would spend Pesach together. It's not shaykh for the father to be brought to a hotel. He he just uh, he can't. So they wanted to know: Can they hire a twenty-four hour nurse to be in the house over Pesach to take care of the father while the mother goes away to a hotel? So those and those were the three questions. Um, any so again, what were they? There was the what were they again? The aliyah for the wheelchair, the uh, the loan. How much uh, are you allowed to press person for a loan? And can you go, take the mother away and leave the father with twenty-four hour nursing care? Any preferences? The last one, the third one. Okay, the story always wins. Whenever it's a story, whenever the shaila is a story, it's not just a, so. It always wins. Okay, so um, what's the shaila? What were they even asking? Ah, so yichud. That's the first thing I thought of. So it happens to be that when the guy asked the shaila, he's like, oh, I didn't even think of yichud. Well, what were you thinking of then? So what was he thinking of? Chametz, kashrus, hiring some for yomto. It's nursing, you know. I think uh, you know everyone would. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, so Yichud and, and Chametz, I mean, who knows what the nurses are going to be doing in their house? Bishvil Yisrael. What do you mean? The, the like Amir Alakum, yeah. he's doing, he's doing malachas just for you. And, and, and the, whole, the whole house might be traped up by the time they, they come back. With chametz and with everything else, who knows what's going on? They're probably going to be feeding him. Who knows what, what the nurse will be feeding him? No one's around, everyone's in the, out of state at some hotel somewhere. Yeah? Is he in the state that I'm No. Ah, okay. So let's, 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 uh, which, which, which half of the shayla should we deal, deal with first? The yichud or the kashras? Yichud? Okay, let's start with the Yichud. So what's the... What? <laughs> Did we do Yichud last time? No, oh, okay. So um, what, what's the new... What are the Hatterim for Yichud over here? Balabir is not here. You don't have He's the husband. Yeah. <laughs> so, there's no Balabir. What's the Hatterim for Yichud over here? He's very old. He's very old. That, that's probably the angle we're going to have to go with. He's very, very old. He's out of it. He's physically incapacitated. Chances that he's able to uh, to do anything is uh, very unlikely. So what it really boils down to is the question really is: Is there an isra yichud when there's no chashash bia? Meaning he's too old. There's not going to be chashash bia. That's not happening with this nurse or whatever. Uh, so is there an isra yichud when there's no chashash bia? Meaning to what degree do we do we view them as independent yisurim? So if yichud or nisra drabanan were purely nisra drabanan. Gzeira Atubia, so then you could argue, so if it was Gzeira Atubia, when the Icarissa that it was Gzeira Atu wouldn't apply, so then maybe uh, the Yichud wouldn't apply. But Yichud we know, Gemara tells us at the end of Masech's Kiddushin, not as explicitly, but more explicitly in Masech's Sanhedrin, Masech's Avadzara, the Yichud is an Isser, Daraisa, Yichud Arayos, at least it is Daraisa. Gemara learns an unusual Joshua learns from the Pasuk, Yisischa Chicha Ben Imecha. So Gemara says, what do you mean? Mesis is going to be ben aim mesis, ben av, eno mesis. Who's going to lead you astray? Who's going to cause you to do avodah zarah? Your brother, the son of your mother. 
Right, and your brother, your half brother on your father's side is not going to be a bad influence, only the half brother on the mother's side. So Gemara says, no, you have to look at those words, Beni Mecha, and pretend the whole rest of the parsha around them doesn't exist and say, Ben Im, son, mother, they're allowed to be together. Ben Im, that's the only Arayus that are allowed to be together. All other Arayus is Nisu Yichud. So that's where we learn the Yisuyichud. Very unusual drush. Since when do we do that? We just take two letters and say, uh, two words and say, oh, those two words are near each other. That means the people that are described in those words are allowed to be together in a closed room with no one there. That's, and, and no one, and, and Michal Hain, Atta Shemayalav, no one else is allowed to be in a closed room. A very, which of the Yudgum Midishatan Drush Ben is that? So very, very difficult to, uh, to figure out how that's a Dindaraisa, but the Gemara does refer to it explicitly as a Dindaraisa. The Gemara says that later on, they asked Yichud in Apnuya. When, when, when did they ask Yichud with even a single girl? Right, David, when Amnon and Tamar, um, uh, when the, the unfortunate incident with Amnon and Tamar, and David Amel said, this could happen to Tamar, such a tzadikas, you know, such a, both Tamars and Tanakh had miserable things happen to them. They had terrible, terrible luck, but they were both great Nashim Tzidkanyos. So people named their children Tamar because they were both great Nashim uh, Tzidkanyos, even though they both had terrible, terrible things happen to them. So uh, David said, if this could happen to Tznuah, like Tamar, it could happen to anybody, made a Gzeri Yichud in Pnuya. And then they even went a step further later on, and they were Gozer Yichud even with a guy, even with a non-Jew. So when was that? That was based Dino Shalshame Vihilo, where goes our Nichud with a guy. But the Icaris Yichud with Arayos is Daraisa. Let's assume Nida is Arayos, the Yichud with the Nida is Daraisa, Yichud with the Nesh is Daraisa, Yichud with a single girl whose Tahora is the Rabbanan, Yichud with a guy is a later Dirabanan. So if if the Icaris of Yichud is really Daraisa, it's hard to say that it's completely connected to a Chashash Bia. I mean, we're not supposed to, is that Darshina in time of the Quran? And we're going to come up and we're going to say that it's purely because of Hashash Bia, without Hashash Bia, that there's no Isra Yichud? Ah, so Rav Yosef Engel in this famous essay where he identifies, it's classic Rav Yosef Engel, he says, I wonder if there's such a thing as a Siyag Daraisa, as something that is a Din Daraisa, but it's just there to protect another Din Daraisa. And he says, hmm, I thought of 18 examples. So he writes an essay with uh, 18 different examples of where we have Siag Daraisa, some very fascinating examples, but some obvious ones, and probably no more obvious one than Yichud. You also have, uh, for those who hold that, uh, that Nagia Bidarachiba is Daraisa, so that would be a Siag Daraisa. But, but Yichud would be an obvious example of a Siag Daraisa, where it clearly is connected to the Yisrbiya. So there is a, uh, there is a tshuva, from the Zeis Ra'anon. Who is the Zeis Ra'anon? So I had no idea. He lived in the early part of the 19th century. He uh, lived in Poland and then emigrated to Eretz Yisrael. He was one of the founders of the Eitz Chaim Yeshiva and served on the basin together with Rav Shmuel Salant in Yerushalayim. So he is not a small person. He is. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Rav does quote him a lot. Taka. Yeah, so, uh, so he has a tshuva in Ebn Ezer, Chelek Aleph, where he writes as follows, that um, he writes, the, he quotes Yerushalmi. He says, The Yisav Yerushalmi sota perak alaf halacha beiz, ma'ushi ikani mishnei b'nei adam ka'achas. The Yerushalmi sota talks about a, a husband doing kinoi, meaning he says to his wife, I don't want you hanging out with that guy. What if he says, I don't want you hanging out with these two guys, two people together? So we, the, the Yerushalmi says that it's totally in the machlokas, whether you can be makani ba'aviyah ubna. Can, you, can a guy be Makana's wife? I don't want you being alone with your father. 
I'm suspicious of your activities with your father or with your son. I'm suspicious of your activities with your son. Or do you say, no, you can't. That's unreasonable. How can you be Makane, her father or son? So Pnei Moshe says, what's the, what's the question over there? The question really is, is the din of Kinoi connected to the Yisri Yichud? Connected to the din of Yichud? That if Kinoi Yisri is only when there's an Yisri Yichud, or even when there's no Yisri Yichud, can the husband say, I don't want you hanging out with that guy when she's allowed to be B'Yichud with that guy? If that guy's her father, there's a Heter Yichud. It's mutter to be biyichud. So is the husband empowered to say, "I don't want you to be. I want you to be alone with that guy and create a kinui when he's she's really allowed to be biyichud with that guy?" Or do we say, "No, it's got nothing to do with each other." If the husband's suspicious, that's it. The husband's suspicious. Now, in the Bavli in Sota Chavav Bez, the the Gemara says that a zakein who doesn't have gvuras hanashim a shachuf, a man who doesn't have gvuras hanashim mekanin al yada. You're allowed, to, the husband could say, I don't want you hanging out with that senior without a 95-year-old man from the nursing home anymore. I don't like the way he looks at you. What do you mean? He has dementia, he doesn't even see me, we don't even communicate. He's like, ah, I don't, enough. I don't want it, I don't want it, you're not allowed. So the Gemara says that, and the Gemara asks, well, what do you think the Gemara would ask on that? Right, not right, what does the Gemara ask? Shita, of course, why, why wouldn't you be able to be That's the Gemara's kasha. So says this Radnan. So a shachav, if a shachav were really mutter biyichud, how could you ask pshita? If really mutter biyichud, it's not pshita at all. They could be makane. That's exactly the bayo of the Yerushalmi, where the yichud and kinoy are telling each other. Elamai says the Zayisradnan. You see that for a shachav, for this old man who can't do anything, who doesn't have gvuras anashim at all, you see that uh, that there must still be an isu yichud. So Rav Yashiv. Um, quotes the Zeisrael, and then he says, "I'm not convinced by the Raya." He says, "It could be the Svirule Lishmuel that Shmuel holds in the Gemara and Sota, the Migra Gara Shachuf, that Shachuf is worse. The Af Shein Biaso Bia, the Chel Lo Shayechis Yichud, even though he can't have Bia, and because he can't have Bia, maybe there is no Esri Yichud, but the Din Kinoi is clearly Taloi on the Hakpada Sabal." That the husband is makbid on certain uh, activities that are uh, unworthy of uh, this this person, meaning when you're dealing with with a situation where there's no issue yichud because it's a relationship that doesn't lend itself to yichud, the relationship is one where it's a fatherly relationship. It's not a it's not at all a romantic relationship. It wouldn't be that kind of relationship. So then einochinami. Then the gemara. Then we're not sure. Does this yichud talian kino? But when we're dealing with a situation where, objectively, it could have been an inappropriate relationship, it's just that physically he doesn't have the ability to, to, to have a maisabiya, so the husband could be makbid about something like that. The husband could be makbid even if it's not a maisabiya. He says, I am a kind of that. And that, the Gemara says, is partial that he can do. So says Rabbi Yashar, I'm not considered. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not convinced, rather. Rabbi Yashar says that this is, uh, that, that, there's, that there's an Isra Yichud necessarily, that this is such a great raya, that there's an Isra Yichud. In fact, Rabbi Yashar says, and this is quoted in a number of Svarim, in the Sefer Torah Say Yichud, it's quoted in the Torah Post, but in Torah Say Yichud, he quotes this whole word from Rabbi Yashar. He says, I think it's more logical to allow a Zakein to have Yichud. But then he says, you know, the Zeis Rahman was written in the first part of the 19th century. None of the Gedolei Aposkim since then have argued on him. So who might argue on 150 years of literature? So it's very interesting. It's not like from the Rishonim. You know, it's, and it's not like there are a million shuvas, you know, about this. One Achron writes it, and he says, well, I, I didn't see anyone argue. 
And so even though I think he's wrong, and I am Rav Yashiv, you would think. He says, I can't, how could I argue? So the, the other, so he said, we have to be machmer at least, at the very least, by Yichud Raisa. Okay. He's not willing to say that he's mekel by Yichud Rabbanon, but he is willing to say that he's machmer by Yichud Raisa, and that it's mistaver that we could be mekel by Yichud Rabbanon. Just by the way, just to set the rules over here, what are we dealing with? Yichud Raisa or Yichud Rabbanon? Rabbanon, why? In all likelihood, it's a guy. Right, so we're dealing with Yichud, Yichud Rabbanon. So the other, the other major chuva on the topics of Moshe. Rav Moshe brings a raya that for a zakein it's mutter to have yichud with uh, with yichud rabbanan because uh, because when David Amelch got old they hired him avisha kashunamis and she was a penuya yichud and penuya is asumid rabbanan who made the yisur David himself and they hired him avishag so uh, the Gemara explains that. Yichud and Pnuya is only Drabanan. And they relied on David Amel's Sitkus that he's not going to be Boiler. And he was much older. What? So Ms. Thomas, she went to the Mikvah and she wasn't in, when she wasn't in Nida. So that's when she was there for David. Also, she was, it says that she was a Pnuya. It says that maybe in 18 life he needs to Right. So Ramosha's working within the Daya that she was a pure Pnuya. And it was purely based on Yichud and Pnuya. So he says, since, um, he says, so you see from there, Mestaver B'Pshitus, She Pnuya Tarish, Yichud Rak Midrabana, Mutaris L'Syachim, Mizakin Chalash. Is a lot of Yichud with a weak old man, Kazesh, and Yachal Mitzal Metzius Lavu Dekishun, who can't, who physically can't, can't do it. And he says, you know, you really have to question. All of the, uh, how do you view all of like the exceptions to Yichud? Take, for example, Yichud with a sister. You'll add a Yichud with a sister, not a Yichud with a sister. So it's, it's funny. It's not a yes or no answer to that question. Yichud with a sister is Asr Bikvius, but Mutter Ba'arad. Strange din. You're allowed to be alone in the house with your sister, but you, you and your sister shouldn't go rent an apartment together and live together in the same apartment. Because that's Bikvius already. Ramesh in his major Yichud Shuvah, I think it's Simon Samachay, and that major Yichud Shuvah says uh, parents are allowed to go away for a night or two and leave, uh, if they have a son and daughter, leave them home alone at night. But, you know, in a brosha, they should, they should know their kids and know whether that's a good idea or not a good idea. I don't know what that means. Who would suspect their children of that? But he has such a, such a lashon. Yichud with the sister, very strange. So is it, but we're talking Daraisa. This is Arayus Daraisa. So on a Daraisa level, there's a chilek between kavius and not kavius. So what does that tell you? Most says it, it's, it's most mistaver. Or let's say baila bi'ir. You're allowed to have yichud raisa if baila bi'ir. She's a raisa. She's nishas ish. That's the raisa. But if baila bi'ir, her husband's in town. It's okay. But even though her husband's in town, it's okay. If it's libo gaspa, if the guy that's there is someone that she has an ongoing relationship with, you know, she grew up next door to him and they're family friends or whatever. Then the the, the hati yichud goes away. These are all dinim dal raisa. They sound like so uh, fluid. Oh, you turn a little this way, that way. Mutter aser. How, how are these dinim dal raisa? So Moshe says the the impression you get from this is that yichud is very much connected to bia, and that as soon as you can say there's no concern of bia, the mainly this yichud falls away, even on a dal raisa level. That's the, the, the strong impression you get.
Mukhrach? No, he says. You could say that Midal Raisa, that determines who's included in Yichud. And once they're included, they're included whether they're going to have Bia or not. But the impression you get from all these halachas is not that way. The impression you get from all these halachas is that Yichud is definitely connected to the Yisra of Bia. That's one of the major topics in Yichud. How connected to Bia is it? The Shir Yichud is a Shir Bia. What do you mean? That was about kinui. Hakpadas Abal is about kinui. The, the husband is jealous of the So that's, that's also a very interesting topic in Yichud. How related is Yichud to, uh, to, to, to Stira? In, in Sota, the two, the two keywords are kinui and Stira. Kinui is where he says, I don't want you hanging out with that man, and Stira is when she does, when she goes in, into a room alone with that man. So what, but it could even be Balabir, and it'll still be a violation of Stira. So the, 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 the halachs of Yichud and the halachs of Stira are not exactly parallel to each other. So different deals in Chazal. Like, there are different deals in Chazal. Like, like, yeah, so Basheva. Yeah, oh, at that age, you're saying, yeah. yeah. Oh, but because there was no Chashash with Avishag, because he, she, he was such a tzaddik. That's what they were in Chodesh. And, and hold that thought also. Rav Moshe says further, he says, you know, if doctors tell you that medically it would be impossible, the man's a Kroshivcha, medically impossible for him to ever have Bia, then I'd be Mekel, Rav Moshe says. Even, even by Yichud Araisa, I, I think we could be Mekel. But he says, I'm not so convinced that it's always medically as impossible as you think it is. Why, are you going to say the guy's 92 years old, he hasn't had Bia in 20 years... So you're going to say that it's totally, uh, it's totally fine. You never know, never know what's going to be something that's going to cause his hirurim, what's going to... You never know. And what's my raya, says Rav Moshe? It's a Gemara in Kiddushin Daf Pe'alfim Beis. The Gemara tells one of the strangest stories in Shas, I think. What's the story over there? The Gemara tells the story of who's it? Rav Barashi. That Kvar Avru Kamashanim de Parish Meishto. It was years since he had been with his wife. Because and Rashi says Mitzad he was very old. It had been years. You remember the story? You know the story. And then, uh, and then what happened? His wife wanted to. Uh, his wife heard him davening. Save me from the Yitzharah of such a Yitzharah. She's like Yitzharah, and he hasn't been with me in years. So she dressed up as a prostitute and she did a whole uh, Yehuda Tamar trick, right? And he, you don't know the story. I'm not making it up, I don't think. Kedushin <laughs> <laughs> tells the story. Pay on the bottom of the page, I think. Yeah, you want to grab the Gemara Kedushin. So the Gemara says that the, um, that the, uh, sorry, Sachs is Shiro, he doesn't need a Shas here, he's got the Shas here. <laughs> so the, 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 uh, so the Gemara says that they, that they, uh, that, and, and he was bowl her, thinking that she was Zona. And then he came home that night and walked straight to the, uh, to the oven, because he was ready to jump in, because he felt so guilty about what he had done. Okay, now it's getting familiar, right? And she's like, whoa, whoa, slow down, dude. What, what are you doing? Why are you going to the... And he's like, oh, I, I feel so guilty. You have no idea what I just did today. Uh, okay. Wow, he got me the page also. Okay, so he um, Yeah. I thought it was on the bottom. 
Maybe it was on the top. Ah, yeah, it was on the top. My bad. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, uh, I'm trying to find the beginning of the story. Okay. Every time he would fall for Tachnun, have Omar, he would say, Save me from the Debitu. One day his wife overheard him. I guess uh, he was uh, davening by the Kaisal that day. And Amra, It's been so long that he's been parish from me. My time Why is he davening like this? He was learning in the garden. She got herself all dressed up. She walked by, walked by again, you know, provocatively. Came in front of him. So he says to her, Who are you? She says, I am Harusa. Says Rashi, Shame Zona Nikaris Beir. The famous Zona that everyone knew about. High profile position back in the days. Famous Zona that everyone, uh, now now it's um, the list, right? On the online, it was a big scandal. Whatever, okay, you shouldn't know from such things. So, famous Zona that everyone, uh, that everyone knew about. Tava, so he was Tavayahar. Amrlay, I see Neolay, Lahak, Rumna, the Resh Tsutsisa. So she asked him to do like this impossible impossible task for her that would take a lot of, uh, a lot of strength to climb up a deckel tree. Shavar Azal, I see Neolay, and he, he jumped up to the top of the deckel tree. The man's 90 years old, he jumped to the top of the deckel tree, grabs it. Kiyasa Lebese, when he came back home that night, Havakashigra debitu Tanura. The wife was preparing the oven. Salik Vakayasa Begave. And he walked right over to the oven, sat down right next to it as if he was about to uh, jump in. Amrlay, my hi. She says, uh, everything okay? So Amrlay, so, I have to confess there was this woman and she went by and it was in the zone. And I got. Amrlay, I know how I. Oh, don't worry about it, it was me. Was, uh, jokes on you. Lo Ashkachba, he didn't believe her. Adiyavle Simani, until he gave her Simanim. That it was really, until she gave him Simanim, that it was really her. Then he said to her, you know, but I thought I was doing an Isser. So even though it, it turned out that it was my wife, I thought I was doing an Isser. So his whole life he was, uh, was Masana until ultimately he died. Okay, very uh, unusual story. Now, so Ramosha says, Ah, you see a Raya La'alacha. What do you see a Raya La'alacha? This is the way Ramosha always operated. He saw things that people didn't see. Gemara that you know that you would. He says the right is. He says what? He wasn't with her for Kamashni for many years. What happened to the mitzvah Ona? You not let him not be with your wife for many years. Elamai, he was a zakein who wasn't able to be with his. He, he was on his rachman patre. He wasn't able to. He didn't have kavuras anashim. He couldn't. So that's why he wasn't with her for many years. So my hey, what happened all of a sudden? She dresses as zona. He says you never know. You never know what's going to turn a person, what's going to make even a person that's been many years until the doctor says he's Khrushchev and it's never going to happen. You never know. So Moshe says, therefore I don't just trust any Stam doctor in that case. But he says, if you have either the doctors tell you that it's impossible, that it's medically impossible, or you have a situation where... Um, where it's it's only yichud rabbanon and you, you and it looks like it's pretty impossible, then I'm willing to be maker. 
So I thought in our situation over here, we could be making on the yichud. Right? So I thought that that would not be such a problem. So what's the other issue? The other issue is who you're going to let into your house to, uh, to feed him and uh, what, what they're going to give him. So the truth is, so you want to argue he's a shota, can you give a shota non kosher food? That, there's a, a significant literature in Postcom about that. Can we, you, let's say the, the literature is about when you have a shota and he needs to be institutionalized. Not a shota, a cherish. Normally, a, a person who's uh, developmentally disabled or whatever is a cherish, not a shota. Shota is deranged, a deranged person. So sometimes a person with dementia is deranged, sometimes he is a shota. But whatever it is, a shota, a cherish, whatever it is, someone who's not high in mitzvahs. So can you give them non-kosher food? So it always comes up in the, when they when they had to, they wanted to institutionalize the person. They didn't have they didn't have a kosher meal option in most of these places. So they wanted to know some sofer as a tshuva about a young uh, orphan who was mentally disabled. His relatives wanted to put him in an institution for for the handicap, and he would gradually learn to live something resembling a normal life, some level of independence. And the family was wanted to send food, but the institution said no. No outside food is is allowed. So uh, this was his best chance of becoming, of being able to live a somewhat normal existence, of a somewhat independent existence. So some sort of says, well, it's not an iser of chinuch, uh, violating chinuch, because he's an orphan, so no one's chayven chinuch. And it's not an iser of los achilim, of feeding him non-kosher food, because it's the non-Jew that's feeding him the food. It's the non-Jewish people there. Um, but some sort of says, once he becomes a bar mitzvah, immediately removed him from the institution, because then he's going to be chayv mitzvahs in his own right. And uh, he says, and all that is la'alacha. But he says, considering the effect of timtum alev, it's more advisable to keep him out of the institution entirely. I, he's never going to be able to live a normal existence. Mutav shiyashote kol yama valtia rasha sha'achas makom. For timtum alev, he said, keep him out. Timtum alev is a tricky topic. You know what Tim Tumalev is? It's unclear exactly what it is, but it's some negative effect on the neshama that non-kosher food has, and specifically with food. So some sofer took it very seriously. Uh, Rav Moshe was asked about a girl who had an, an incurable illness, irreversible brain damage, and the father had a heart condition, and the father was the only caretaker, and he couldn't handle it. It was going to be detrimental to his own heart condition. And the only institution that could help her didn't serve kosher food. So Moshe quotes some sofer, and he says, you know, it's not a problem chinuch. I, what about Timtum Alev, where the some sofer said keep the person out of the institution? So Moshe says, well, in the case of some sofer, the institution was trying to rehabilitate the person and try to get the person back to a normal existence. But but over here, the girls, it's not curable. The girl, this girl had, had irreversible brain damage; it was never going to be cured. So she's always going to be like that. So then maybe you don't have to worry about Timtum Alev. Because what's the problem with Timtum Alev? They can come to do Averus. But this person is never going to be Chayv Mitzvah, so you don't have to worry that they're going to come to do Averus, says Rav Moshe. Then Rav Moshe says, as only Rav Moshe would, I, what, if, uh, what if Hashem miraculously cures her? I feel the right? Whatever it is, if, even if you have, you know, looks really bleak, you shouldn't give up. Maybe there will be a cure. He says, yeah, then Hashem Mistam will cure the Timtum Alev also. Hashem is going to do a miracle like that. He'll uh, give him to him tomorrow also, Ramesha says. And he says, but really for the health of the father, this was, uh, this was ne- necessary to do. So you have a lot of discussion. And it seems that there is a great hesitance to feed non-kosher food to a person. So to just like, you know, brush it all off and say, yeah, he's not a bardas anyway. I don't know if we're comfortable doing that. 
Plus, you know, who knows about the kitchen? They're going to come kasha the whole kitchen when they come home. So I think we're, it's, it's better to come up with an etza over here. Sometimes you need a psak, and sometimes you need an etza. And sometimes you need a psak and an etza, and the psak has to be usher, but the etza is, you know, here's a way to make a mutter. Over here, I think what, what's needed is an etza more than a psak. So what's the etza? What do you do? How do you solve the kasha's problems? What? You can't take them with them. It's a, the, the care is not available in a hotel. You know, they don't have the uh, the setup to, to fly them. Can't trust Ah, so first thing is make it as easy as possible for it to give kosher food. Pre-prepared meals, catered. They can spend four thousand four thousand dollars a person in the hotel. They could spend the money on uh, on catered meals. You know, there are people that. Um, I, don't know, maybe. I grew up in Lawrence. There are there are people that that be mocked with that. There are people that uh, that get tired of going away to hotels for Pesach but don't want to make Pesach, so they hire a personal chef for Pesach and a mashkiach. So okay, so if uh, if they could afford that, that would be wonderful. Okay, let's assume they can't afford that. I assume that's pretty expensive. So uh, so what can but what can you do? If you, you pre-order prepared meals, now obviously the guy is not going to be able to tell if they're double wrapped or whatever and all that. But just make it easy. Fill the fridge with them. Tell them put it in the microwave. Whatever she could probably do the microwave for him. Maybe, but we'll leave that aside for now. You know, tell her exactly pre- preparation instructions, how to do it exactly, and make it as simple as possible. And you know, nowadays technology is amazing. Put a drop cam in the kitchen. So you have uh, you have eyes on the kitchen at all times. What is it? 150 bucks in Best Buy. Doesn't cost that much. And you could check on your app on your phone. Again, they're spending four thousand dollars a person at uh, the hotel. They could spend 150 bucks on a camera to put in the kitchen. Have someone be Yotzei v'Nichnas. It's in Brooklyn. It's in a pretty uh, Jewish community. So they could have someone, the rabbi, someone else could come in every once in a while and make sure nothing crazy is going on. And the you solve the problem. No, I would think that that would uh, that that would take care of it. The yichud we already solved. He's uh, he's not capable of. Uh, now the yotzi v'nichnas would probably not be enough for yichud because it's not coming frequently enough to create any sense of, you know, the sense of uh, that kind of mirtas. But uh, but. Just maybe like have everything prepared before we solve the problem. Would help. It would make it. It would help make it a lot easier for them. So you still need a, a What? You try to do as much as you can, and you have the camera there in the kitchen. What? The camera doesn't help you on Um, sure it does. You can go check uh, after. Uh, it's only you can only watch live. It doesn't. She she also not knows she's right? watching or whatever. Like, yeah, she's right. Plus, she doesn't know. It's on her. It's not on. It's right. Not on you. Right, that too. Ah, uh, so I have a Tamil Alakshir in that. The uh the what's his name? The guy that wrote that book, Headlines, David Lichtenstein, has a a an article on whether cameras help for these kinds of things. It's an interesting topic. Um it would have to be set up in such a way where it's not trickable and you can't get out of its view, etc. But there's good reason to believe that it should. Right? Then someone said, well, there's cameras everywhere. 
everywhere you walk in, uh, in, in, in New York there's cameras and no one cares people still do crazy things no one cares because uh, people are prudes nowadays all the kinds of health is prudes I don't know, I'm not sure you have to listen to that year. I don't remember what I said I haven't been repeating the questions so I'm going to get an angry email again yeah. sorry <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think there was still said because we assume someone who's a part of this, to that extent he asked what if a person is uh, homosexual. So is there still in this yichud with women? So I believe so. So we assume that's a pretzus and arayas. It's a part of it. It's a greater history of yichud. Yeah, there are people who could, who could try things, experiment. So, uh, so I think that would be a greater history of yichud. Um, meaning that even ten guys Right, that's uh, the halacha. The Gemara says that if you have prutzim, then even uh, then even ten people, even normally two men and one woman is fine. But the Gemara says the end of Kedushin that if they're prutzim, then even ten ten people is no good. The Gemara says, how do I know? What's the raya? The raya is there used to be a movie called Ocean's Eleven. Are you familiar with the film? So I never saw it honestly. But uh, Ocean's Eleven, the yisod is. What's you said? That 11 people got together and stole something with some fantastic plan. So how do 11 people get together and do an Avera? Aren't they embarrassed? That all these people know that they're doing the Avera? <laughs> so the Gemara says, no, they're all prutsim. If they're all prutsim, no one's embarrassed. So that's what the Gemara says is the Raya. Gemara doesn't bring that Maramak in the version of 11. <laughs> that's what the Gemara says. <laughs> Is a Rebbe Lanzer's allowed to quote a movie? Is it? <laughs> I'll find out. Yeah, see, if, see if the offer still stands tomorrow. Why? 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 Homosexually active. Right, a person who has the HR doesn't make them a part. Yeah. Usually, I'm supposed to say, like, you never know what would happen with an older man. Right, you never know what would happen with an older man. And, uh, you know, I heard uh, uh, an advertisement on the commercial coming here, and, you know, uh, my, my spam box is full of emails of, you know, like, uh, so, okay, yeah, you have uh, nowadays, even an older man. Any, any of the other Shilas you want to get to? Yeah. Which one was that? Oh, the loans. Okay. Um, first of all, okay, I'm glad. This is an important thing to know. One day, God willing, um, you'll all have money that you'll be able to lend to other people. And when you're in a position like that, um, it's a great mitzvah, a very great mitzvah. It's mitzvah daraisa. In Kesav Talva Sami, the Pasuk says, and this is one of the three places in the Torah where Im Aleph Mem is a tzivoy, it is not an option. We have an, a requirement, a chiv, to lend money to other people. Having said that, it's important to realize that when you lend money to other people, if it, it can cause a great deal of agmas nefesh. And that could, because a lot of times you lend more money than you can handle lending. And I know a lot of cases like this where people um, wanted to do this mitzvah so badly, they took out loans themselves on their home equity line of credit to be able to lend money to other people. And then they really need that money. And the person, you know, the person's not borrowing money because he's rolling in dough. He's borrowing money because 
he's obviously having financial problems, and it's not always easy for him to pay back when he thinks he's going to be able to pay back. So it's a, it's a good idea when you're lending money to know exactly what you're getting into and to not lend money that you absolutely need. You lend money that if you have to write it off as charity, that you'll be able to write it off as charity one day. That's, that's the money you should lend. That's my personal advice, just from what I've seen. Um, but but that's, that's just out. Also, you should speak to the person and see if it's a person that you can trust. If it's not a person that you can trust, the mitzvah doesn't apply. You have no chiv to lend money to someone that you, that, you, that, you can't, that you can't trust. You should also have a talk with the person and say, um, what's the plan you know, to pay it back? Are you going to pay it back over, you know, in small installments over a year? Are you going to pay it back? And, and very often the answer will be, I have no plan. I have no idea where I'm getting this money. And that's fine. That might be fine. But you should know that going in. That's not something that should, uh, that should just hit you when the loan is two months late. Like, wait a second, where, when's this coming back? However, once the Zman Apiraon comes, you're definitely not allowed to be Tovea Shulchanach Pasins. You're definitely not allowed to be Tovea Bitoch Zman before the, the, the time of payment. Once the Zman Piron Halva comes, the Lova certainly has to return the money, um, if he has it. And um, if someone has, um, if the Zman Piron came, the Malva is allowed to be Tovea, he doesn't have to worry that maybe the Lova doesn't have the money, but if he knows that the Lova doesn't have the money, and he has no ability to pay, then it's usher to be Tovea. It's Nisra in the Torah, Lo Siya Lo Kenosha. Shulchanach Pasans is a Chosh Mishpat Sim Tzadi Zayin Sif Beis. That's Nisra in the Torah. So not only that, Shulchanach Paskins, based on the Gemara, but Metziah in Hayamid Beis, Minayin Lenosha B'chavero, the Gemara says, Man of Yodeh She'inlo. If you know that he doesn't have any money, Sha'asur Lav or Lufano. You should try not to cross paths with him. Because every time you see him, it's going to make him feel bad. And he doesn't have the money, and now he's going to feel bad that he owes you money. Rashi says, So, the Rosh Hashulchan writes, you know, if you daven in the same shul, you don't have to switch shuls. If it's just a normal place that you would go, you don't have to, like, change your whole life because of it. But you should try as much as possible not to be in his face, if you know that he doesn't have the money. But the burden of proof that he doesn't have the money is his. So if, if you don't believe him, Bevados, that he doesn't have the money, you can make him bring documentation based on that he doesn't have the money. But if you really believe that he doesn't have the money, you're not allowed to keep on asking him. If the Malva... Um, now, the Malva is also not allowed to say, yeah, I know he doesn't have the money, but I know his wife has a fur coat, so let me go take his wife's fur coat. You're not allowed to be toe-faced things on your own, and you're likely not allowed to be toe-faced things that belong to his wife and children. Even though he may have bought those things for his wife and children, yeah. But he has the money, but he owes also like the yeshiva tuition, and he owes also like the other things. So a lot of times, right? If he has the money, but he has he has other chavos that come first, that are basic living expenses, or that are chavos that come first. So probably you shouldn't be tovah. Now there's a halachos about the seder of which chavos of which chavos you're supposed to pay first. So provided that you're not in the front of that line, so that's called that he doesn't that he doesn't have the money. Um, so that's that's an important halacha. To, uh, to be aware of. So the Eitzatova is lend money when you're able to, even if you, obviously you're going to want the money back, but if, you're, if you don't desperately need the money to live, uh, lend mo- make sure you know when you go into it what kind of person you're lending the money to. 
and ask him point blank how many other people he's borrowed from, because a lot of times there are several loans, people who are in need of money. If he's not your very best friend in the whole wide world, there's a 98% chance you're not the first person he went to, to borrow money. So you want to know that. It's his responsibility to tell you that, but he's very often it's embarrassing. He's not going to tell you that. So you're going to want to know that. So these are things that you think like, uh, when do I need to know this? Believe me, these things come up. They're, 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 it comes up a lot more than you think. There's a Baruch Hashem. We live amongst people who want to do chesed and who want to lend money to people. And it's a great mitzvah. It's a mitzvah in the Torah. You should do it. I, I, I very rarely have the opportunity to do it because people don't normally ask the rabbi for significant loans. But once, I once had a very close friend ask me for a loan of a significant sum of money. And like by some miracle, at that point in time, I had that amount of money. And I did it all wrong. I did everything wrong. You're supposed to write a shtar. That's Allah and Shulchan You're supposed to write a shtar when you lend money. I didn't write a shtar. You're supposed to find out what's the plan. What do you do? I had no idea. I just uh, completely trusted Baruch Hashem. He paid me back exactly what he said he would pay me back. So it worked out well for me. But uh, I'm finding out that it doesn't work out well for most people when you, when you do it that way. So you want to you wanna make sure that you do, things, uh, you do things correctly. But if you know that he doesn't have the money, you're not allowed to keep pressing him. Last question. Yeah. How was the last question? Flashlight. Oh, the, the, the wheelchair. Ah, so there's a tshuva in the base avi. Ravadia holds no, by the way. Ravadia holds a wheelchair. If, unless they could be held up and support themselves on the bima, they, they can't. It's Gemara Megillah. Gemara Megillah says that Atapa Modi Madi, Sakrash Baruch stands, has to be Dafka Bamida, it's a din Kavadatar, Kavadatzibur, whatever it might be, a din. So, Sakrash Baruch is Bamida, we have to be Bamida. So Ravadia says, no. If he could support himself, yes. Otherwise, no. It's in Yalkut Yosef. And he quotes it from Tshuva Miksav Yad. Maybe since then it's been printed. But um, that's in Yalkut Yosef. Tshuva's Beisavi, Chelek Dalit, Simen Nun Zayin. Tshuva's Beisavi, he was a Rav in the Bronx, I believe. His name was Rav Libus, something like that. Um, Rabbi David Friedman from DRS told me that he was a big, big Talmud Chacham. He used to speak to him. Um, anyway, so in, in his Tshuva, he for a Bar Mitzvah boy. He was Mekil, with a number of sniffim lahakel. Uh, one that the Shulchan Aruch says, B'diyavet, it's kosher anyway. If you get your aliyah sitting down, B'diyavet, it's okay. You could be Yemotzi the Tzibor if you read from the Torah sitting down, B'diyavet. And the rule in Halach is, Shas Hachak, K'diyavet That whatever is a B'diyavet during a Shas Hachak becomes L'chadchila. And it's a Shas Hachak for a Bar Mitzvah boy who's gone through enough in his life to tell him that he can't get an aliyah for his Bar Mitzvah. That's considered a Shas Hachak. Does that mean he can always get an aliyah? I don't know. Um, the, uh, it happens to be Ellie got a psak from, I didn't ask him who he got a psak from, he gets aliyahs all the time. So someone's getting, so, someone holds that he's allowed to get aliyahs either because it's Shas Hachak or they're not other, one of his other sniff from the Hakel is, this is his Amida. Meaning the reason you have to be standing when you give an aliyah is because you have to be giving as much covet as you can be giving. So you can't sit down if you're able to stand. But if this is, the, the best you could do, then that, that has the same, that has a din of Amidah for you. That's one of his other sniff malakil, so maybe that's, that's what the, uh, the Psak is, is based on. An interesting topic, we gave him an Ali, he got an Ali, this one is a beautiful Simcha. Everyone danced around, beautiful, beautiful Simcha. So, okay, our learning should be, uh, you know, as a chus for the Hatzlach of all these uh, Simchas.